there's a part of that song there I thought was so fitting. Um, at the very first of that song was, he didn't come like people thought that he would. Uh, there wasn't any, there was glory in him, but they couldn't see that glory. And we've been talking about, we, Holy Spirit's been talking about peace the last two weeks. And as that song was going, the Lord was ministering to me about sometimes peace, we get this idea of what we think it is. And, and a lot of times it's not what we think it is. And the Lord began to bring me uh, to this thought was today, right now, we're gathered together and we don't need to get God in on our conversation. We need to get in God's conversation. We need to get in on what he wants to say today and not have our own preconceived idea of what that is. Because I believe that, you know, the Pharisees and the people of those days were looking for a Solomon. They were looking for a David. They were looking for a man that was going to stand up and deliver them from the Roman rule. But he came to bring the kingdom of heaven. He came, he came to bring the kingdom of heaven down here. So we're not just trying to defeat earthly battles, but to defeat those things in the heavenlies to break the strongholds in our life instead of the version of peace that we think we need God's like I want to give you the version of peace that I want to give to you that passes all understanding amen so father today Lord we want to get in on your conversation today we want, we want to get in on what you want to talk about today God I know we got notes and we got things written out here Lord that I believe you've directed but Father, if you want to change, Father, we want to change with you. If you want to go a different direction, Father, we want to follow you. And Father, at the end of this thing, the reason we follow you is so that we're not bringing glory to us. God, we're bringing glory to you. And your name is glorified, God, through what you do in us, that God, we're not receiving glory of ourselves. We're receiving, we're receiving your glory. And God, whenever we do your works, Father, the Bible says that the men will look on us and they will glorify God by they, the things that they see in us. So Father, our goal and our plan here today is for you to be glorified. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. Well, how many is glad to be in church today? This is a great place to be. People will say, I want to be in the will of God. <laughs> I can promise you right now at this given hour, you couldn't be any more in the will of God than where you're sitting right now. Being in his house with his people, worshiping him and hearing his word. Amen. Well, we had a great time at the men's Christmas party last night. We ate lots of pizza I've ate more pizza this week than I think I've ate in my lifetime. <laughs> One Wednesday and then last night. But thank God for pizza. Amen. And I know that we were having fun because at 8.30, I finally had to say, guys, i got to go home because I've got to get in the bed. Guys, i to get up and get ready for in the morning. And I don't know what time they left. So uh, people tend to not hang around if they're not having fun. So I'm glad that the, the guys stayed and...
found out I'm a lot older than I think I am <laughs> because they decided um, they were going to play basketball. Yeah, uh, I was not dressed for basketball, I'll just say that. Uh, found out I'm a lot older than I think because I don't know how I always end up guarding Zach. <laughs> I don't know, but he's taller than me and faster than me and yeah. Brett, I don't know where Brett's at. He reminded me of like a bumblebee. Just <laughs> that guy was quick. But we, uh, we had fun. Caused a little pain, but we had fun. <laughs> anyway, so this is a great time of year, isn't it? Uh, I, I thought this yesterday. Uh, there shouldn't be any group of people more excited about this time of the year than us. Uh, I know that people will say, well, this really wasn't Jesus' birthday. I know that. But we are remembering the greatest gift uh, that God ever gave us, and that was Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful for that today. And I just believe in this season, uh, don't let the devil rob you of your joy and your peace. I told our guys last night, you know, being the leaders in our home, and, you know, sometimes maybe there's not a male as leadership in the home, so moms, females too, we set the tone for how our families react. So when we're going to those places that we're not really looking forward to going to, uh, the family get-togethers of, you know what I mean? Sometimes your friends are more fun to be around than your family. Uh, you know, we may not want to go, but sometimes we have to do what's right even though if we don't feel like doing it. And uh, I, I was thinking to myself, I remember growing up, and that was the highlight of the year, was seeing cousins that I haven't saw in a long time, going to my grandparents' house. Uh, we just began to talk about things last night, and just kind of God's been dealing with me uh, in this season is recapturing some of that, of the joy of being around family and friends, and uh, just slowing down and enjoying uh, what this season represents and the greatest gift ever given to mankind, and that was Jesus Christ, and uh, enjoying time with family and friends. I know we had the parade with Young Family Life. That was not fun, having to navigate through that crowd, was it? <laughs> but you know, when we got there, it was fun. We were having a great time. And I think it was Pastor Susan that talked about this a while back, is sometimes we, we spend so much focus on the dread of doing things that when we finally get there, we're like, <laughs> we're having a good time. You know, so all these efforts, and it seems like uh, it takes a lot. I know that the uh, dynamics of family have changed a lot, so there's a lot of going, but just recapturing some of that. I'm, I'm just rambling on here, but um, I, I enjoy this time of year. I enjoy it. I just, I don't want to, it seems like it's just flying by too fast. It's going by too quick, and I just want to slow down and just enjoy uh, this season because it's, it's so much fun. All right, well, we've been, uh, Holy Spirit's been talking about peace to us and how fitting that it is that Jesus is the greatest gift and he's the Prince of Peace is what the Bible says. And um, we've been talking about that and, well, not just talking about it, I hope we've been learning. I hope we've been taking in. Uh, these things. One of the things that really ministered to me was the very first week was 
uh, she mentioned this about peace even in the midst of chaos. Man, that really drove, that drove home to me was a lot of times we are waiting for heaven to live heaven when we can be operating in heaven right now even in the midst of chaos. And, you know, a lot of those things that we do have the power to navigate. Uh, I wrote some things out. I didn't get it in my final notes, but it talks about peace being our, I think it's in Colossians in the Amplified Classic Version. It talks about peace being our umpire. And, you know, an umpire gets to decide what's a foul and what's an out and what the rules are in order to win, right? So... We need to let peace govern. Get rid of that. Add this to and let him decide what can bring in. Let him umpire in our lives to bring us into peace and not our own uh, version of peace. Not to just go in and dissect peace. I really feel like where the Lord is leading me today is to just stir the pot of what we've already heard. Amen? To stir the pot and, and keep it going, because I believe I believe it's, uh, I, or I hope so. Anyways, I'm I'm enjoying this series. I hope Pastor and the hope the Holy Spirit keeps going with this. But um, taking what we've heard and going after it, that's really what I want to talk about today. But the title, I know we have to have titles, and I don't know why, but we have to have titles. I guess so we can look it up, know what we're looking for. But I titled it this. Well, Holy Spirit brought this to me. Desiring. To desire. Desiring to desire. And God really burnt this uh, in my spirit uh, as pastor had asked me. It was so funny because Brett was sitting in the office when she asked. And he said, I always kind of wonder how that went down. You know how you, <laughs> when you're going, I said, well, now you know. He's nothing, nothing glamorous. But anyways, um, as I just kind of quieted myself before the Lord, and, and this is something that and, and, and when I say this, you're going to be like, duh. Uh, just stopping long enough to say, okay, God, what do you want to talk about? Because right. yeah. a lot of times we start, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to talk about? And the reality is we need to slow down and say, as ministers, uh, well, anything, what do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to say? And there are times that we hear things from the pulpit, and we know it's from the Holy Spirit, but we just lack the desire to pursue what is being said. And I'm not saying that as a, I mean, that's not good, but I would rather somebody be honest with me rather than coming up with some cock and bull story of why they don't want to do uh, what they know they are to do. And I, Because whenever you just admit this is really where I'm at, we can start somewhere now. We've laid the foundation of, okay, we don't want to, <laughs> but we know we should. That's a great place to start. And uh, we know it's right. We know it's true. But for whatever reason, we just lack the desire. And when I got this, I thought, well, I can't just leave people right here with that statement of, well, just sometimes we lack the desire. Because God gives us answers, not just questions. Of course, I should have known that God was going to give me the answer uh, because he desires to give us the answer. And this was in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 
and in verse 13. And I'm probably going to be doing the majority of this out of the King James Version if you have a device. Paul writing here, he said, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. I'll say that. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation, and this is really the key part that, that I feel like he was showing me, he would make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now, I'm not here talking about temptation or things like that, but when we have questions, God has answers, okay? But he always has to every question, he has an answer that we can escape, that we can get the answer to the questions that we have. And I was thinking about this as I was, honestly, this came to me about 4.30 in the morning right before I was about to go uh, and do my, uh, my workout in the morning. And, um, you know, God will always not say, sometimes God will inconvenience you <laughs> to, to get his point across. I was needing to get in there, or I thought I did, and he was bringing this to me. So I, I just began to type on my device and he began to remind me of some things especially when he said desiring to have a desire a lot of people were just like well you're just trying to come up with some kind of catchy uh, title uh, to get people's attention but it's it's not really that it's if you don't have a desire you can ask God for a desire to get a desire and what happened there was I was in the middle of the counseling and I'm not a counselor we just I call it counseling session just to simplify it okay uh, with people that they would, and all down through time, that ever since I've been in ministry, I don't know what comes along with ministry that people, you get the counselor title to. You know, it's like you feel called to preach and the next day you're supposed to know everything. <laughs> but they would all, there was one, there's been a few people that would just say, you know, well, I know I should be doing better, but I just don't want to. And they would say, they would say, I know I should be doing better than I'm doing. I just don't have the desire to do it. And I, as I said earlier, I really appreciate that kind of honesty. Don't come in and already have your line of excuses. Just be honest. And just if, I'm just using an example. If you don't want to go to church, I'm not saying to just say it out loud, but if it's a continual thing over and over and over, it's okay to say, God, I just don't have a desire. But I know I should. Would you give me the desire to have a desire to go to the house of the Lord? I'm using that just as an example. Because I mentioned that last night. You know, there are a lot of Sunday mornings I'd rather go deer hunt. The board's like, oh, really? <laughs> we could let you deer hunt every day if you want to. <laughs> we could make that arrangement. I'm just saying there's, uh, there are some times where my flesh would rather be doing something else. But we don't follow the flesh, do we? We follow the Spirit. Amen. But it's okay to go ahead and admit where we really are. That way, having, with the same thought of having the desire to get to the right answer, to get to the right frame of mind. And so... Uh, and I'd love to tell you that I had that, you know, that brainchild all by myself. Uh, but 
somebody was in my office one time and they were going through, I know I should, but I don't. And the Lord just hit me. He said, pray with them to have a desire to have a desire. And I thought, you know, sometimes you, you hear things in your head, but you have to spit them out to see how they really are going to be uh, taken, you know. And it really kind of paused the whole conversation. It's just being honest where we are. And having a desire to have a desire. That we could be doing the things we know that we should. As I said, we've been uh, being taught on peace. And a lot of people know they should have peace. And a lot of people know what God's word says about peace. But they just don't have the desire to pursue it. They don't have the want to to go after it. And because they don't want to, they just lay it to the side and think, well, I can't attain it. Maybe I'll wake up one day and have a desire. Maybe I'll wake up one day and just feel like doing it. But the reality is that that day probably won't come until you begin to ask God, Lord, form my will to what your will is. We have to, you know, if God is not going to come into your life and overtake you and your will and your desires, you're going to have to open up and say, Father, I voluntarily allow you, I want you to come in and mold me into what you want me to be. Whatever that is, that you're going to keep dealing with me until I change to get the desire to be exactly what you want me to be. You know, knowledge of God's word is a great thing, but if you lack the desire to do it, will it accomplish anything? Well, the answer to that is no. Is knowledge a bad thing? No. Knowledge is a great thing. Because even if you have a desire, if you don't have knowledge, you, you don't know what to do. Even if you have a desire. So I'm, so I'm not downgrading knowledge, but what good is it to have all that knowledge uh, if, you'd have the, if you don't have a desire to follow and do what it says. Philippians 2 and 13. I want you to turn there and I want you to mark this. If you, if you mark in your Bible, I encourage you to do that. There are some that won't do it, but they'll let a lot of dust get on the outside of it. Aunt Lou always asks me if she needs her steel toes on so we might need to put them on real quick, Aunt Lou. <laughs> Are you there? Paul wrote this, for it is God. I'm, I'm, and keep in mind, I know I'm getting some puzzled looks here. Um, we're laying some groundwork for where we're going, okay? We're about to get there. Paul wrote this, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The word will there, uh, in the, uh, let's see, the Greek dictionary here would, uh, and I, I, can't, I, I say this all the time, but I really mean this. I don't try to pronounce these. I just spell them out so that you know I did look them up, okay? <laughs> so it's spelled T-H-E-L-O, which means to delight in or desire. And the word good pleasure is spelled uh, E-U-D-O-K-I-A. And that word actually means to desire as well. So we could say it this way. It's God's will for you to desire and to do his desire. I want to say that again. It is God's will for you to desire and to do his, to, his desire. Or if, if it didn't mean that, it would say it is God's will to do his desire. 
Well, it is God's will, but it's his will for you to desire to do it. It's his, it's his will for you to want to do it. The, the issue is when I, what if I don't want to? <laughs> then I can find out it is God's will for me to desire. So let's turn to 1 John chapter 5. Real fast, I may just go ahead and start reading. You can catch up. And this is the confidence, uh, 1 John 5, 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything, say anything, anything. according to his will, he hears us. Well, it says right here, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's God's will for you to desire. And it's God's will for you to desire. So we can see when we pray for God to give us a desire to have a desire, then the Bible says he hears me. In verse 15, he, uh, go on here, it says, and, we, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So today... I want us to pray this prayer together. You can call it a prayer. I want to call it a confession. And what I have learned about confessions is this. You need to make that confession, and then you need to stand on that confession. And you need to throw your emotions out. You need to throw how you feel. And and when I say feel... I'm talking about I've built my, if, if you're building your foundation, your spiritual foundation off how you feel when you wake up, you're on shaky ground. So we are asking God to give us a desire and then we're not going to back off of that regardless of how we feel when we wake up in the morning. So let's start here. Say, Lord, I invite you in. And ask for the desire to have a desire to do your will. Now, if you need that confession and you need to write it down, you come see me after service and we'll pull that out and write it down. And don't back off of that. Don't back off of that. I'm gonna, we're going to see here in just a little bit that the kingdom of God is not for quitters. I know that I do my best to bring things across just as nicely as I can, but there's sometimes when you've just got to get down to business and just say, look, if we're, especially when we're talking about peace, who doesn't want peace in their life? No hands. Who wants peace in their life? Sure. I mean, that's kind of a rhetorical question. So if I want that desire, I've got to determine, I've set my sights on that desire to get that peace in my life, and I'm not going to quit. And if I quit, it's not the word of God's God's fault. It's not God's fault. It's my fault. Now, that's not a sentence. It's just saying, until you get determined, 
unless I, and there's something I don't know that the Lord hadn't showed me yet, and that's, that's a possibility, chances are you're not going to receive peace in your life. But you've got to be determined. I know that that's not what people want to hear nowadays. I understand that's not what people want to hear nowadays. Is that you've got to have a uh, don't quit mentality. And not give up mentality. And get rid of if I don't receive it today, I quit mentality. Or if I don't receive it today, it must not be the will of God mentality. <laughs> Well, the Holy Spirit has had us on the subject of peace, as I said, the last two weeks. And we don't need to just know about it. We need to know about it. But we also need to have a desire to follow through and receive it in our life. If Jesus is the Prince of Peace, should we have peace? The answer is yes. Okay, let's look at 1 Peter 3 and 10. Are you there? Yeah. All right. First Peter 3 and 10 says this. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. What would be evil? I believe some, you know, we know that some things are just blatant evil. Murder's evil. Uh, I'm just using that for things like that are evil. But anything that goes against the word of God is evil. And if God wants you to have peace, and you're constantly saying you don't have peace, who is prompting that? I don't think I have to answer that. You already know the answer. Keep going here. And in his lips that they speak no guile, it says, let him askew evil. And do good. But this is where the Lord is leading us today. Let him seek peace. Say seek. seek. Peace. Does that sound like you just find, ah, well, there's some. No, you got to go looking for it, right? You got to go looking for it. And ensue it, which means to pursue. Let him seek it and let him pursue it. Peace is such an important thing. Number one, the Holy Spirit doesn't bring us to the subject of peace just because he needs a filler for the week or for this series to have something for us to download onto the internet. He, he brings us to these things because he knows in this hour that we're living in, we need peace in the midst of the chaos that is going on in this world. We need to seek it and we need to pursue it. We need to go after it, almost like, is it the mules that you used to put the blinders on so they can't see everything to the side, that I've got my focus on this one thing, and I have no desire at all other than just keeping what is in front of me. We need to pursue it. We need to seek it. Uh, pursue uh, would, not just, uh, would be not just attaining knowledge. As I said earlier, we do need knowledge. But going after it, so it will be in operation in my life. The word pursue, keep in mind we're talking about peace. To pursue that peace, uh, pursue means in the Webster's Dictionary uh, to follow up or proceed with. 
You know, sometimes if you go to the doctor, you do a follow-up visit. <laughs> so they can try to find something different. <laughs> That's a joke. Okay. Do your follow-up visits. Disclaimer. But one of the synonyms I thought was so funny, but I think it will help us as Arkansans understand this, is it actually means to bird dog something. You stay on it, and you stay on Have you, uh, Deer hunters know this when bucks are in rut, and they won't let that doe out of their sight. It's not really, I think, that they have the desire to be bred. they just like, I just want to get this guy out of here. I know that's maybe a little bit too much biology for some people there. <laughs> but they bird dog them, and they won't let them out of their sight. If they get up, they get up. If she moves, he moves. If she eats, he eats. Bird dogs it until he gets what he wants. And when we're seeking out peace in our life, we need to bird dog it until we get what we desire. Who doesn't want peace in their life? Who doesn't want to feel good when they get up in the morning? Who doesn't want to have a great outlook on life? Well, we'd be fools to say no. We all want to have that in our life. And sometimes we're going to have to find in order to attain that, we are going to have to go after it and not out of our own understanding, but leaning on his understanding, leaning inside of his word and letting it be the umpire of what we're going to allow in our life or disallow in our life. Because if we want to walk in peace, it doesn't matter if we say, well, that's an innocent show or that's an innocent song. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with you to get it out of your life, he's trying to get it out of your life, not just so he can rule your life and laugh and twist his mustache. He's wanting to get that out of your life because he wants you to have peace operating in your life. And when we as leaders in our home are operating in peace, it's going to flood all the way down to our children and to the generations after us. We've got to bird dog it. We've got to pursue it because we want to live on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not going to wait for heaven to live in peace. I understand there's chaos in this world. I get that. I walked into my parents' house the other day and they had the news was coming on. <clears throat> and I just happened to catch the highlights of what they're going to be talking about in that 30-minute segment. And when they got done, I, told, I looked at both of my parents. They're not here. They, they won't watch anyways, but... Um, I looked at them and I said, y'all need to turn that off. All you are doing is getting a bigger glimpse of what Satan has for you. Who's murdering who? Who's shooting up this school? Who's going into this cathedral? Who's do I don't want to hear about that stuff. Just me hearing about it and getting a vision of that's not going to make it not happen anymore. But when we get peace on the inside of us, and we take that peace out inside this world and we're walking around and we're smiling and we're whistling and people are asking, what do you got to be so happy about? We can share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and let them know that the peace that's on the inside of us, they can have the same peace on the inside of them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that doesn't mean that you try it one time and if it doesn't work, you quit. Even if you fail, you get back up and you brush yourself off and you learn from your mistakes and you get back up and you try it again. 
And if we attained everything after the first try, the word pursue wouldn't even exist. If you're getting it, why pursue it? There are some things in life that you're going to have to go after with everything that you have. And you see, I know when we get up on this stage and you're feeling the anointing and you're just a-rolling with it, everything is all fine and well. But I realize when I walk outside this door, somebody could cut me off in traffic. That red light can take as long as it always takes. Uh, You know, anything's out there willing to take your joy. Anything's out there willing to take your peace. But we have to be determined, even if I do get mad, even if I do say some things I shouldn't say (laughs) at the motorist in front of me. When the Holy Spirit checks me, I don't quit church. I don't quit God. I say, you know what? I was wrong. Father, I repent. I'm going to do better the next time because I'm seeking after peace. I'm not perfect. But I love what Vic Porter said. We may not ever reach perfection, but when we try to, we're going to catch excellence. And I want to catch that excellence. I want to be checking myself so that the peace of God can be working in my life. Not just knowing about it. When we say the peace that passes understanding, we got that memorized. But that peace that passes understanding that's on the inside of me. That says, I feel good and I shouldn't. But I do because of what's on the inside of me, and that's Jesus Christ. Pursuing a lot of times will look like failure to the dry boat seat setter. I'm talking about Peter. (laughs) Everybody, I say everybody, a lot of people talk about Peter as, well, you know, Peter got his eyes off the Lord, and he sunk in that water. Oh, Peter. But Peter was the only disciple that I read that was willing to get out of the boat. And everybody else that the seat was dry underneath their bottom was the one probably saying, what are you doing? Lord, if it's you, bid me come. He wasn't asking them what they thought it was. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. What did he say? Well, one of these days, Peter, or, you know, it's not my will, but he said, come. And Peter got up. Peter walked on water, Dylan. He walked on water. Go try that this afternoon. Rusty's got a boat. He'll take you out. We'll video it. (laughs) Peter walked on water. And he was the only one that I've known, recorded from then till now, that's ever done it. And it's not just the fact that, well, it was a great feat and he walked on water, but he didn't pay attention. People say, well, he looked at the waves and he fell. Well, the waves were already rolling when he stepped out. So you see two dynamics here of... Yeah, Peter sank when he looked at the waves, but when he decided not to look at the waves, he was walking on water. And we can operate in peace in the midst of chaos when we keep our eyes on Christ. But if we do get our eyes off Christ, his hand is there to pull us back up. That's not a defeated statement. 
That's saying, hey, look, let's work through all the garbage and let's get ourselves up to where we're walking in peace. I don't want to be a dry boat seat setter. I don't want to be the one that's looking at everybody else saying, oh, that looks like failure. And it looks like they're not getting anywhere in life when they have prostrated themselves before the Lord and they've postured themselves before the Lord and they're not going to give up. I've had people in my life, whenever I would fail at certain things, they would say, why don't you just quit? Remind me of Job's wife. Why don't you just curse God and die? Well, golly, if I do that, uh, that's a whole lot worse than where I'm at right now. Uh, I'd rather just go on and keep pursuing <clears throat> and just quit listening. Matter of fact, don't even try to tune, don't quit looking at people to decide what you're going to do. Now, I'm not saying don't have those good influences in front of you. You need them. But you don't need a million, man, that, okay. Um, social media is a plethora of ministers. And I'm a minister too, and I see some of them, it makes me want to throw up. There's so many of them. And you get to listen to this one, you get to listen to that one, you get to listen to this one, you get to listen to that one, and before you know it, you feel like a termite and a yo-yo. <laughs> you don't know who to listen to. You don't know who's telling you the truth. You don't know which way's up. You don't know which way's down. You need to get those people in your life that you trust and you know from God's Word and their walk. And you need to get focused, on, get focused on the Holy Spirit, but get focused on those people that are going to lead you to what the Holy Spirit's saying. And quit listening to everything and every, everyone else and get your eyes focused on Christ. We better move on. <clears throat> uh, Isaiah 50 and 7, it says, For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. That word flint there means like a, it's a hardened stone, quartz stone. And I look at that as like I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord. And I am just going to set my face like a flint towards him. Hardened so hard in my thinking that I'm not going to get my mind on anything else other than just looking at him and saying, Father, I desire so much to walk in peace. And I'm not going to move from this spot until you bring it into my life. Having that same, I'm not saying stand still, literally stand still. I'm talking about in your walk is keeping your eyes and your focus upon him. Let's turn to uh, book, uh, Luke chapter 11. <clears throat> I would have typed these out, but I ran out of time. Not that no one had given me time. I had plenty of time. It's just uh, things kept coming to me here. Luke chapter 11. Uh, let's start in verse uh, 5. And he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. Can any moms testify to that one there? I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, get this, because he is his friend, he's like, I don't care if you're my friend or not, I'm not getting up. 
Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Didn't stop there. Seek, and ye shall find. Didn't stop there. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now I want you to look up here in verse um, 8, and it uses this word importunity. And that's not a word we use a lot. But when I looked it up, it really means this. It means shameless asking. Now get this, he wouldn't get up because he was his friend, but because of his relentless asking, his shameless asking, he wouldn't give up and kept asking. He finally just almost to the sense of wore him down to where he said, I'll just give you what you want. And we're going to see here in just a little bit that we're not talking about, I know the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they get focused on they that wait. And you do have to wait, but we need to look at the shall renew. There's a set time to receive. That's what I'm trying to say today. I know we need to set our face like a flint towards heaven, but understanding this, I'm setting it there because there's a point I'm going to receive what I'm asking for. And if I have to keep asking and keep believing and keep seeking and keep knocking, that's what I'm going to do because I desire to have peace in my life. And if you desire to want to have peace in your life, and you set your desire on God's desire for you to have it and don't give up, then you'll get it. Because it's his desire for you to have it, and it's his desire for you to have a desire to want to have it. So I would encourage you to go back and listen over and over to the last two weeks. Over and over. And be here (laughs) for the remainder Of the series, if the Spirit leads that way. I didn't get any amens on that one. (laughs) You know, and I understand some people have to catch some things online. I get it. They have to. They don't have a choice. But when you got a choice, you need to be here. I'm not going to mince words on that. If if you're just home because you're too lazy to be here, you need to get here. That's That's just, I'm just going to go ahead and put it that way. Um, you know, we need to quit kind of uh, just candy coating everything and just say what needs to be said sometimes. Not all the time. I'm not saying be a, a jerk, but just say what needs to be said and, and, and just go on. Um, Isaiah 40 and 29, it says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Say, say renew, renew. My, strength. my strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. These are shalls. These are shalls. It's not maybe, might, or if it, the, the planets line up and that blue moon pops up. But it's shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint we're living in the shall we're going for the shall not just sitting around waiting but if I have to wait then I'm going to posture myself to wait until I receive 
because I don't want to leave where I'm at when I need to be operating in peace and get up and trying to navigate somewhere else when I've not received exactly where the Holy Spirit's got me right now. I don't need to move off of that until I get that. Let's turn to Exodus 32. You know, you read through the book of Exodus and it gets to all the different measurements and for this and that and everything else. And you're like, man, I just need to move on to, you know, let's get into Samuel or or Joshua, get into some of the action. But then you run into verse 30 or chapter 32. We talked about they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And the waiting part is the part that's not fun. Right? If waiting was fun, everybody would wait till they got what they needed. But they don't. They get tired of waiting and they move on. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up. I thought about that this week. I wonder if we just walked up to Pastor Susan and said, Up. <laughs> She'd be like, You get out of here. He said, they said, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as is Moses, the man brought uh, us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. What they're saying is, we're tired of waiting on this guy. You know, in a few, verse, a few uh, chapters earlier, you know what they said? We'll do everything that the Lord tells us to do. And a lot of people make that proclamation when they, when they come to Christ. Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. And when he says, wait, a lot of times we, we don't need to throw Israel on the bus. We need to ask ourselves, am I getting tired of waiting on God to bring this to my life? Because they were done. They're like, make us some gods. And now I believe what he was saying is don't make us false gods. Give us a representation of God. Form us a God. And Aaron said unto them, and it really, I don't know if, if, the, if, the, if the Bible just kind of leaves off a lot just to shorten the story, but it doesn't seem like there's any kickback from Aaron whatsoever here. And Aaron said unto them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them to me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron, and he received them at their hand. And fashioned it with a graving tool. And I I thought about that too. Even when God was talking about making an altar, he said, don't put a tool to it. And here he is making gods from a a tool, a uh, a graving tool. And after he had made it a molten calf, and they said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now, I'm just kind of reading between the lines here. I don't believe that Aaron was saying, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. But here's the representation of the God that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And the Bible says, um, and Aaron, when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Now, I want us to look at some things here. Aaron formed, as I said, he formed them 
a representation of the God that brought them out of Egypt. And it reminds me, you know, well, at first it said they were tired of waiting on Moses. Well, we just read, well, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We're kind of seeing some, would this be kind of like a type and shadow in a way here? Um, then Aaron formed them a God. And there, are, uh, there were some passages in the New Testament that said, talked about people having a form of godliness, but denying the real power. In order to receive the real power, sometimes we have to wait upon the Lord. And like I said, I don't believe that Aaron just laid down that quick. I believe that he just thought, well, I'll just create a representation and make them happy. Because, and I don't know what it, I don't know if Israel just had like an ammunition of rocks that they're ready to stone people at any given time. It's like they walk around with a sack of rocks ready just to rock somebody. I don't know. They're just ready to stone anyone, you know, at any given time. But let, let's go, I thought this was so funny. Let's go down to, um, let's go to verse 21. This is when Moses came down. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did, <laughs> what did this people unto thee, that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. This, was, this got me. For they said unto me, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, and keeping in mind the same man that they told him, We'll do whatever you tell us to do that God tells you to. Um, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. This is so funny. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. So they gave it me. Then I cast it in the fire, and this calf came out. Now, I'm not the sharpest guy in the world, but I can promise you this. I can come up with a better excuse than that. I just grabbed this gold and threw it in the fire, and this calf came out. And I bet Moses probably was like, how dumb do you think? You know, and I'm sure that probably means something else, but when I read that, I can't help but laugh because I'm like, but here's the thing. When I am not being honest with myself, and I'm not being honest with God, any old excuse will work. And that's why I said I, I, I got more respect for people that will come in and say, I just don't want to, than people coming in with this, well, I threw a gold in the fire and a calf came out. You know, I mean, one excuse is just as good as the next when you're just making excuses. And there was another, there was a uh, situation I had here recently <clears throat> where a, uh, someone had called and, you know, the, you, you always get those ones that know the word, but, and I, I'm going to go ahead and be honest, I've probably done that myself. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I have. Uh, but it was one of those calls. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm, and, you know, it's so frustrating when you're trying to quote the word and they cut you off and they say, I know, but. And I'm like, well, if you know, why are we talking? But I understand that's what we do, okay? I'm not getting on to them. But as, she was, as this person was explaining why 
they were feeling what they felt and this attack that they were under. They knew what the word says, but I'm, you know, all this stuff. I'd already been asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say to this person you know, under my breath? And what the Lord gave to me at that time was what she is saying right now is about the equivalent to I throw gold in the fire and a calf came out. So I just let her keep talking because that's all, it was just excuse, it was excuses. And I just, I was praying, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because this is going nowhere. Or it feels like it's going nowhere. And it, it, I got reminded of a teaching that I heard where uh, Brother Keith Moore was, had answered a phone call like that. And there was a lady uh, doing, you know, I know what the word says, but. And <clears throat> he said the Lord gave him, tell her that she's strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And it, the Holy Spirit will remind you. And I just thought, well, I didn't come up with that. The devil sure didn't give that to me. And so I, I cut them off mid-sentence and I say, I want you to stop with that negative talk. And we're going to say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we're going to say it over. And I said, Don't, no buts. No buts. Because if we're just going to say buts, we're just going to say... We throw gold in the fire and a calf came out. Because that's just about the equivalent of it. And as I, we begin to say that, she would say it, then I would say it. She would say it, then I would say it. She would say it, then I would say it. I'm telling you, by the time we got th- I had doodads all over me. I thought I could jump through the roof. And I just said, can you feel what I'm feeling? And she said, yes, I can. And it was just a glorious thing that we could stop throwing gold in the fire and a calf come out to start saying what God's word says and wait on the Lord and let him renew our strength. Because I'm strong. Say, I'm strong. In the Lord and in the power of his might. And we can drive those things away and then we feel that peace come. But you see, this is what I've been trying to say all in a nutshell. Is we may not feel it at first. But when you start saying what the word says, then you feel that strength and you start feeling that peace. You start feeling that peace. <clears throat> this is probably one of the longest messages I've ever preached. But I, I've, got to do, I've got to go on this next part. I've got to. All right. We... The Bible talks about in Matthew chapter 11, we'll we'll spare some looking up here. Matthew 11 and 12, I think it was Jesus said, you know, from the days of John the Baptist till now, uh, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. And we we say that almost kind of like we're, um, you know, kind of like we're putting God in a headlock, you know. You're going to give me what I want and maybe some bit of truth to that. But not trying to get God, not trying to get God to submit like He's not wanting to do that. When we're looking for peace in our life, uh, but as the Lord began to show me this, because if God says He wants to give us peace, then why would He keep us from having it? That just doesn't make sense. But He He began to deal with me on how we posture ourselves, because I, I look at Hannah in First First Samuel that she postured herself in prayer, even to the point that the Bible said it looked like her soul was vexed 
like in the sense that she was very upset. She was crying. I believe it was Eli thought she was drunk, but that she had postured herself before the Lord and she wasn't going to pay attention to what anybody else was saying. So I'm not talking about fretting. I'm really looking more at uh, intensity of, our, of, of our, who we are on the inside and really even setting our mind of I'm, I'm choosing my will. I'm choosing to pro, uh, posture myself before the Lord here and I am not going to quit until I receive what I desire. And I love what it said later in the chapter. It says, and the Lord remembered Hannah. When you posture yourself before God and you are not looking to the right or the left, I'm going to promise you today the Lord's going to remember you. And he's going to give you the desires of your heart and grant you. And keep in mind, as I said earlier, about when Jesus came, it really wasn't in the package that everybody was looking for. And the reality is, too, that in our lives, sometimes when we're asking God for peace, we've already kind of got this idea of what that is. When God might be saying, it's not that, it's this. But if we don't posture ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here to get in on your conversation, not get you in on mine. Because there are a lot of times in my life that uh, I was thinking about this yesterday. Go ahead and be turning to Genesis 29. Uh, I tell a lot of stories. They're not lies. I mean, they're stories. I mean, things that happened. But when my son was... um, all about 12, uh, we would, um, we obviously were, we were not in, in the faith message and we would, uh, we would go by Atwoods and we get those circus peanuts. You know which ones I'm talking about? Not real peanuts, the orange ones. <laughs> and we would drive through what we call the rich side of town and we would look at all the big houses and we would just dream, you know, with a Shasta, you know, because we could get a Shasta and some of them circus peanuts for under five bucks, you know. And we would just drive through the, what we call the rich part of town, and we would look at all these nice houses and just talk about what it would be like to have a swimming pool in the backyard and, and to have this and that and everything else. What I'm trying to say is we had our version of what we thought peace would look like if we were really, if we were really walking in peace. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have those things. That's not what I'm trying to say. But there are a lot of times in our life that we think, well, if I just had that, I'd be in peace. Or if I just made that dollar amount, I'd be walking in peace. Or if I had that title, uh, I I could walk in peace then. If, um, if I had that family, if I had that spouse, if I had that car or that truck or that, we start getting our own idea of what we think peace looks like. So let's look here in Genesis 29, and I'll try to close here. And let's go, obviously, let's just kind of lay some groundwork here. Jacob was married to Rachel and Leah, and he loved Rachel. Let's just put it, and he liked Leah. Can I just say it that way? We kind of understand where we're at there. Rachel was barren and couldn't have children, and obviously uh, Leah knew that she was kind of the not favored one. Let's go ahead and start in verse 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Get this, now therefore my husband will love me. 
If I could just have a son, my husband will love me. If I could just have that car, I could be in peace. If I just had that salary, I could be in peace. Nothing wrong with those things, but we're not worshiping money. Okay, we need money to get around in life, but we're not worshiping money. Verse 33, and she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord hath heard I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son also, and she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bare a son and said, now this time will my husband be joined unto me. Surely now, because I have borne him three sons, Therefore was his name called Levi. See, she had all already said here multiple times, now he'll love me. Now he will be joined to me. I've had this. I've got this. Now, if I can just get that, he'll love me. If I can just have all these sons, he will be joined to me. In verse 35, the Bible says, I love this. And she conceived again and bare son. <laughs> And she said, now I'm going to praise the Lord. There are so many times in our life that we keep saying, if I can just get to this area, I'll have peace. But then she realized, I'm never going to be able to attain it in all this stuff. So when she conceived and had a son again, she said, now I'm just going to praise the Lord. And in the area in our life when we want to find peace, I'm not saying it's wrong to have things. I'm not saying it's wrong to do things, have titles, have money. I'm not, go for your dreams and shoot, shoot for the stars, do all that stuff. But understand this, that peace is a matter of the heart. That's why when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, in, or in verse 32 in chapter 6, he said, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. But what did he say? Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. What He was like, Hannah, I'm going to posture myself before the face of the Lord. And I'm going to get my peace from him. It's fine to have those things. It's fun to have those things and do all that stuff. But understand this, if all those things dwindle away, as long as I'm before the Lord and I'm in his presence and I'm seeking him first, everything in this life that I need is going to be added unto me. And I can be living in peace in the midst of chaos. Would you stand today? Father, today we receive your peace and we pursue it. And if we lack the desire this morning, Father, we open up right now and we ask you for a desire to have a desire. That, Father, we voluntarily open up. And we invite you to come in and invade our will. And Father, our will will be to do your will. And to operate in peace. And Father, it's going to be great that we're just going to be just full of your joy. But God, not just so that we can be full, but that it would ooze out of us. And then when we walk in this world, that we have an opportunity to share Christ with others. And that, Father, you're not a respecter of persons. What you'll do for one, you'll do for the other. And so, Lord, we look for those that we can just share you with, whether that's through a bought meal, whether that's through a gift, whether that's just through a smile, a kind gesture. Father, whatever it may be, that we can share that peace. And if there are people in here today that you don't have peace 
they don't have peace in their life, Father, that they're going to posture their self before you. And they're going to say, I may not desire it, but Lord, I ask for a desire to have a desire. And I'm going to posture myself before you just like Hannah did. And I'm not leaving until I receive what I ask for. And Father, even if it looks like shameless asking, even if, it looks like our, even if our pursuit looks like failure to other people, God, we're not paying attention to them, Father. We're going to walk on water. We may dip, we may fall, but your hand's going to be there to pull us right back up. And you're going to encourage us to keep moving forward. And in this season, Father, we celebrate Christ and the greatest gift given to us. Father, we keep in mind that he's the Prince of Peace. And Father, he wants, as uh, you've predestined us to be formed to the image of your Son. And so, Father, we are going to operate in peace. And we're going to thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.